invite him up here and give him the opportunity to, to speak to us. Hi everybody, I'm Jack. I'm an alcoholic. Hey Jack! So, I'm nervous and uh, oh well, it'll go away. <clears throat> so, um, I made some notes uh, to try and stay on track. Uh, my mind is racing. Um, now, thank you everybody for being here. Thanks for asking me to speak and uh, thanks to uh, uh, the guys that have invited me into their lives as part of their recovery. I'm grateful for all of that. Um, I, uh, about a year, I've been in uh, the program for about 16 years, and uh, a year or so before that, um, I was working Jack's program, and it wasn't going very well. Um, and uh, I encountered this guy through my job who, uh, told me, he said he gets together, it, we started talking about drinking. Somehow he figured out that I was struggling with alcohol. I don't know how he picked up on it, but he did. And uh, <clears throat> and he, uh, he invited me to, he said, you know, there's a group of us that get together every once in a while and uh, we talk about our problems with alcohol. Would you like to join us? And I said, no. Um, and, uh, he gave me he gave me a big book, uh, but it was it was a while before I, I ended up coming into our program. I kept the big book. I kept hiding it. Uh, I get I remember telling Megan, put this away. I don't want people to think I've got a problem with alcohol, like like they wouldn't know. Um, anyway, uh, you know, sort of put a pin in that. You know, that was a year and a half or so before I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I came here, I, I really, truly did want to stay stopped. I, I, you know, I saw that alcohol had, had created uh, all kinds of problems in my life. I didn't quite understand the disease of alcoholism or any of those things, but I knew that my life was a wreck. I had trouble at home, at work, etc. And uh, so when I finally ended up here, I was, I wanted to stay stopped. And what I heard from you, and I would hear it all the time, because I went, I went to a lot of meetings, um, and um, I went to a lot of beginner meetings. You know, I didn't know they were beginner meetings, and they're great meetings. You know, I am sober being one of them. And, and so I heard, I heard things like, if you want to get sober and stay sober, get a sponsor. It's almost always first, get a sponsor. Go to meetings, read the big book. Uh, find a higher power, you know, all those things. And if I did those things, my life would, my life could get better. Not only could I stop drinking, but I could, uh, my life could get better. <clears throat> so, what's a sponsor? I don't know, but I got to get one. And I, because uh, I, you know, I, the details aren't important, but I wanted to finish this AA program as quickly as possible. And so tell me what I need to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to be done and we'll be, everything will be great. So they told me to get a sponsor. So I'm thinking, well, the only person I know that doesn't drink, I mean, truly, was this guy who gave me a big book a year, year and a half or so before. So I called him up. Dave Z is his name. Uh, and uh, I, 
I called him and I talked to his wife. Is he here? No, he's not here. So I talked to his wife, Barb, two or three times, and I'm just, it's, you know, it's a hard call to make. Uh, it's a hard call to make, and I keep getting his wife, and it's like, Jesus. You know, maybe he doesn't want to be my sponsor. So I finally, you know, I needed to check the box. So I said, Barb, would Dave, do you think Dave would be my sponsor? <laughs> and she said, yeah. So I checked the box, <clears throat> and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I was going to AM Sober. And, uh, and Dave said, uh, Dave said, uh, you know, Jack, yeah, I'll be your sponsor, but yeah, I want you to do a few things. I want you to call me every day. I said, every day? Yeah, every day. What time do you want to call me? And I am him hawing around, and he he said, well, when do you when do you take your first drink? So well, you know, Dave, I don't know. Some days it's two, sometimes it's six, sometimes it's four. I mean, you know, it's just uh, finally he says, call me at five. Okay, so I'll call you at five. And so began my, you know, he Dave insisted that that he was going to be my temporary sponsor, that if at any time. I uh, uh, wanted to change direction or whatever that I could find someone else, uh, but he wanted me to call him, and we got together pretty regularly. I saw him at AM Sober. We, we had lunch regularly. He was very patient with me. He, he answered all of my questions, uh, and I had a lot. Um, <clears throat> I didn't love calling him every day, but I did. You know, sometimes I, you know, groan about it, and... Uh, but he would always say, thanks for calling. You probably helped me more than, than I helped you. And uh, I, I thought that was just you know, patronizing and all that, but I later come to find out that it's true. David liked to talk to me. He got to know me. I got to know him. And uh, so anyway, on we go. Um, at Am Sober, it seemed that there, you know, people. A lot of people would come to Am Sober when they came back to Erie, because a lot of people got sober at that meeting. So the way I sort of remember it is, you know, the, uh, somebody would come in from Pittsburgh and they'd say something, and it was really profound because they weren't from Erie, I guess. You know, at least that's what the way it occurred to me. But, but, but the the most succinct thing about sponsorship, and it was somebody who came to Am Sober. I don't remember who it was, but I do remember it was somebody that I saw once and that was it. And they said very simply about, about a sponsor, get one, use one, be one. And, um, you know, I think that pretty much says it all. Um, when, <laughs> when I was around for a few years and a couple of guys had asked uh, me to work with them, Kevin, uh, Kevin, who became uh, my, I guess, non-temporary sponsor, uh, said, he said, you know, why don't, why don't you sponsor somebody your own size? <laughs> I said, I said, I don't know. I said, but, you know, I think TJ already has a, a sponsor. <clears throat> so, um, so, yeah, I didn't know that height played a role, but apparently it, it does. Um, so, you know, others, been, by the way, it's been great to hear other people talk about sponsorship. I've picked up uh, some new thoughts. I don't sponsor today the way I did when I, when I first did, and, you know, I hope to 
continue to get better um, both as a, a sponsor and as someone who is hopefully remains uh, uh, sponsorable. Uh, when I work with guys, you know, I, we, we, I ask them to have a big book uh, and we, uh, we don't read it together, but, but we, uh, you know, I, assignments, you know, this is what we read for step one, for step two and so forth. Highlight what, what, uh, what grabs your attention and let's get, get together and talk about it. I also ask them to get the 12 and 12. Now, uh, now quick diversion there. I, <laughs> I bought a 12 and 12 because, you know, the big book's the big book, right? It's, it's big. It's big. And then I see this other book. It's not so big. So I bought this thinking this was like the nutshell. This is like the big book in a nutshell. And uh, so that's how I ended up with the 12 and 12. But, but I think it's, you know, it's described as essays that Bill uh, W. and others wrote after, um, after they had a little bit more experience uh, in sobriety. Um, and so we, we do readings out of that as well. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to pass around um, this pamphlet that AA came has on uh, questions and answers on sponsorship. It's a relatively new uh, pamphlet. It, it's dated 2017 and it was updated in 2022. And it's uh, if if we have time, I might you know hit a couple of the questions because I think it's a I think there's a lot of good information there. So we'll get those passed around. Um, So, I talked about that. You know, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Z said a couple of things to me that, that were very, that have stuck with me um, uh, for, for, for 16 years. Um, I, uh, we were having lunch and uh, something was going on at home um, the details really aren't important. I'm not sure I'd remember them anyway, but um, you know, issues with one of the kids or something. And I, I remember saying to Dave, you know, maybe this, maybe some, maybe I caused this, maybe I contributed to this in some way. And he stopped me and he said, Jack, you're just, you're not that important. You're not that important. I mean, to that point, I was gonna take full responsibility for every single thing that was wrong in uh, really in the world you know I uh, and 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 it helps me to remember that I'm not that important I'm not um, I, I believe the big book when it says that you know this this obsession I have with myself and how important I am is really the nut of the problem I've got to get out of the way um, and, and having a sponsor um, ask you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do is uh, a part of it. At least it, that's been my experience. Um, I also <laughs> I also remember, you know, AM Sober, for those who haven't been, it's, it's, uh, it's a great meeting. Uh, it's still held, um, I, now I think it's six days a week. At the time it was five days a week met at 8.15 in the morning and uh, try to get around the room and everybody's invited to to share on whatever the topic might be. And uh, I remember asking Dave, I said, you know, they have these sayings uh, in, the, in the room. And I said, you know, some of them just don't really seem like they should apply to me. 
and uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, I just yikes. Uh, and he said, you know, in a very gentle and and kind way, he said, you know, Jack, you know, maybe there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth or something like that. <laughs> so apparently the sayings do apply to me uh, too. Um, so let's see. Um, so Tom went on and... Uh, um, I, I sort of wanted to, to take a little different approach to my recovery and, and that's when I got connected with Kevin and uh, um, I remember asking Kevin if uh, he would work with me and uh, he said well you know maybe you know what what do you what do you uh, what do you want to get out of this um, you know what are you willing to do um, what do you want out of me? What do you What do you expect from me? And um, yeah, my answer was, you know, I just want to stay. I don't want to drink anymore. Um, uh, but um, I remember saying to him, you know, I I really I really kind of I I don't like to be told what to do. I sort of like my own ideas, you know. And, you know, the 16-year the sober Jack would say to the one-year sober Jack, and, and Jack, how's that working out for you? <laughs> um, but uh, Kevin didn't say that, you know. <laughs> Kevin didn't say that. What, what I knew, and what I knew, because Kevin told me, and, I, and, and I, he has since proven it to me time and time again, that, that he would never do anything to... Uh, intended to hurt me or embarrass me, that he always had my best interest in mind, that whatever we talked about um, uh, was, would be strictly confidential. And, uh, you know, that's, those kinds of discussions are what I try to have with, at some point, uh, with, with guys that I work with too. Uh, I mean, you know, I think about, there was a woman who spoke at our Sunday night meeting. Um, New Hope Group was for about 15 years my home group, and I was there every Sunday night that I was in town. And there was a woman, her name was Jane, I remember that. It wasn't Frog Lady Jane, but she said that when a woman asks her to sponsor her, she makes the newcomer promise, promise that they're gonna be a sponsor. Or she won't, she just flat out won't do it. And I thought, boy, that's, you know, that's, pretty powerful um, but but my experience is that the relationships don't necessarily you know they don't necessarily lend themselves to a formal kind of an interview um, you know so I know when I came in I was terrified you know, I was confused I was a mess and if you wanted you know to ask me questions you know it just it, it doesn't um, I don't think, my experience is it's not very realistic to have that kind of an in-depth uh, discussion right away. You know, hopefully over time you come to an understanding, just like Dave and I did about calling him every day. But I remember uh, I was at the 10th and Powell meeting, and, um, you know, I'm, I don't know, three or four years in the program, and there's this really interesting guy. Uh, I don't remember his name. 
but um, we we started talking, and he was going to the meet every I think that's Tuesday night, Tuesday night, and he said uh, it turns out he was a Quaker, and just a really interesting guy to talk to, and he said he asked me he said would you would you be my sponsor, and I said well uh, let me talk to my let me talk to my sponsor first, which, is, by the way, is a great thing. To, it's my go-to whenever anyone asks me to do really anything in our program. I, I always say um, I'm going to ask my sponsor, um, and I usually do ask, genuinely ask my sponsor. Uh, but here, you know, it's fairly new, and um, and I remember asking Kevin about it. Now, this guy, very interesting in going to the meetings. But he had no interest in stopping drinking. You know, he he was a spiritual guy. He didn't think he had a problem with alcohol, and, and maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, I never went drinking with him, but he he made it very clear that you know I'd I'd like to do these steps. I'd like you to take them, uh, take me through the steps. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to stop drinking. And I you know I talked to Kevin about it, and Kevin said. Hmm. I'm not sure that's going to do much for your sobriety, you know. Um, so I declined. You know, I said I'll be your friend. I'll always be your friend. You can call me at any time, but uh, but sponsoring you just uh, isn't really a good idea for me. Uh, so um, now I know, and I, sometimes we have to have difficult conversations. Um, and and uh, and and I try and you know I, I remind people I work with that uh, I do have their best interest in mind that I'm in their corner and that I'll do pretty much anything that I can to help them stay sober. Uh, I remember <laughs> calling Kevin and I'm whining about something and uh, you know we were I think I think we were traveling and I think that uh, we were there's four of us. My wife and I and two kids, and we're in a maybe a one-bedroom condo, or maybe it was even a fold-down Murphy bed space in Florida. And the, everybody's just driving me crazy. And uh, I'm talking to Kevin, and you know, he said, "You want to get on the crazy train or not? You know, we know what the problem is. What's the solution? Let's talk about the solution." Um, He's got all the time in the world for solutions, not quite so much for for the problems. Um, and um, so let's see. Uh, so I talked about sort of the interview process. Um, there was a speaker uh, that came to the Erie Conference. Um, it's probably been 10 plus years ago. Uh, it was a very interesting speaker, I remember two things about what he said. That's all I remember. Well, three. He was from somewhere in Ohio, and he and his partner had like a little convenience store or hardware store or something in some little podunk town in, in Ohio. And But the two, the two things I remember from his talk was part of his bottom involved a huge party in the yard and like naked volleyball that the that the police came and you know took umbrage with you know all these naked people on the corner whatever 
But then, it, then what he what what really stuck with me that was more sobriety enhancing was he said that he said that early sobriety especially is like a minefield. It's like a minefield, and would you rather walk through that minefield with somebody who's already been through it, or you want to do it on your own? And um, So, uh, we talked about that. So, um, early on, I uh, uh, early on, I had one of the you know AA has some issues that will probably be debated forever, and and I, one of them, and I'm not going to get into it because it's not important, but. Um, I told Kevin I had it all figured out. I don't know what I don't know what the controversy is all about. It's really very simple, and and I started to explain it. He said, "Well, he said that's great. Why don't you why don't you <laughs> why don't you write an article for Grapevine about that?" I said, okay. So I started I started to write the article, and uh, I realized that it was nowhere near as. Uh, Simple or, or clear cut as uh, as I thought it was. So so let's see. Um, so I um, I remember early on in my relationship with with Kevin, um, I, I found out that he was going to be down at the peninsula cooking hot dogs, and I was really pissed. I'm thinking. What are you doing? Cooking hot dogs. I've got stuff we could talk about. <laughs> and, you know, I was really angry about it. Honest to God, I was. And, uh, <laughs> it's just, yikes. Yikes. You know, what, 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 I, what I find, and it isn't just Kevin, it, it's uh, the men and women in Alcoholics Anonymous. I, we have examples every day of what it looks like to be a sober man or a sober woman. You know, what it, what it looks like to be a sober dad. Uh, um, so for me, the, the, the piece of sponsorship that's so important, and, there's, and it's all important to me, is the example that, that I get um, from people that have come before me. Um, I want to mention, <laughs> I talked to a couple of guys before uh, tonight to sort of get their okay to mention them. I'm not, uh, their names aren't, aren't all that important, but maybe I'll mention Jim. You all know Jim. Jim is uh, the tall guy that Kevin was asking, you know, like, what are you doing sponsoring that big guy for? Uh, Jim, Jim is a real tall guy that has a Canadian haircut off, and, and, uh, and uh, he, uh, he told me, we were, we were working his fourth step, and he told me, he said, Jack, you're on my, you're on my resentment list. I said, I, you know, I was really upset about it, and I talked to Kevin. He said, "Well, if you're not, if you're not on the resentment list, you're not doing your job right." <laughs> but, um, but Jim was very, you know, he was very honest and very earnest. And uh, what he was concerned about is that we weren't going fast enough, and he thought that, you know, that we should be moving faster. And I, and I said to him that, and and I try to have this understanding uh, with everyone. You know, this is. This is your program, and I'm here. I'm all in. 
I'm all in because that's what Kevin told me and that's what Kevin does for me. Um, but you're responsible for uh, the, 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 the pace. If we're going you know, too fast, you know, I might slow, slow us down. If we're, if we're going too slow, I might speed things up a little bit, but I'm not going to call you to schedule our next session together. That's just not the way it's going to work. And, and, and so you know, we came to an understanding and um, we worked through that resentment, I hope. Um, no, I know we have. Um, so our big book does have a chapter on sponsorship. Uh, it's not called sponsorship. It's called Working with Others. I think it's chapter seven. And it's got some of, uh, some of the fav famous quotes that we, that we hear from time to time. And uh, this, is, uh, this is chapter seven, Working with Others. I'm just going to read a sentence or two. Uh, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. Um, and it goes on. You know, it's a great quote that that you or that I've heard a lot. And uh, and it's really got a whole you know a whole chapter about sort of do's and don'ts. Um, and there's one other thing I wanted to. I wanted to quote. This is on page 97. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day if need be. And then there's a list of what some people call euphemistically the other promises. You know, uh, your telephone may jangle at any hour of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she feels neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your house. You know, you sort of get the sense that all these things really happened to Bill W. And I think, I think they probably did. Um, so, um, let's see. I guess uh, some of the other resources, uh, and then maybe we'll. Maybe we'll look at the pamphlet for a minute. Um, especially for people that are that like to read or are interested in reading, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good information out there. Not all of it conference approved, uh, but some good stuff. Uh, a new pair of glasses, which is a Chuck C is the author of that. Um, there, our grapevine, you know, our magazine, our, our meeting in print. Uh, I, I encourage and sometimes get uh, a, subscription, a subscription for the guys that I work with. Uh, Kevin bought for me early in the going uh, some history books, uh, AA Comes of Age, um, uh, Pass It On, which is Bill W's uh, sort of authorized biography, and then there's Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. Um, there's uh, the Drop the Rock, I think there's a meeting in town that's sort of revolves around that book and the, the drop the rock ripple effect. Um, there's also a couple of books on actually directly on sponsorship um, that I'm happy to share the the the, the full name. Um, one actually, uh, Dale E talked about it in one of his leads. I bought it. I haven't 
I, I flipped through it, I didn't read it, but it's called 12-step um, sponsorship, how it works. Uh, and that's a Hazelden publication. Looks like it's very well done. Sort of gives it maps out every, every step. Um, the uh, Soul of Sponsorship, that's another Hazelden, and that's a book written by a Jesuit priest who I don't think is in recovery, but it's, uh, it's an exchange of letters be be between uh, Father Ed Dowling and uh, Bill Wilson. And a book I just finished not too long ago, it's called Father Ed, The Story of Bill W.'s Spiritual Sponsor, uh, which is a terrific, uh, a terrific book. Um, so, so you know, I, I believe, and it's been my experience from talking to others and sort of watching folks, that um, I, I really haven't worked a program completely of recovery unless a piece of sponsorship is, is involved. You know, in other words, to uh, part of the formula is I got to give it away to keep it, and 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 an essential part of that giving it away, uh, again, in my mind is that I need to be a sponsor um, and it's uh, it's an incredibly rewarding experience um, uh, it's just it's just amazing uh, it's just amazing um, these relationships can become very long-term very uh, close and personal uh, uh, they we become friends um, and I sort of think about uh, the history of our of our program is really was founded on, you know, two alcoholics talking together, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, and that you know even started before with Roland Hazard and Abby Thatcher and all that stuff. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hit a couple of these things in the uh, items in the in the uh, pamphlet. Did we get those out? Are those out? Okay. Um, I'm not going to read anything. I'm just going to mention a couple of these questions. You know, these really tease out some good information. Should a sponsor or newcomer be as, as much alike as possible? Um, must the newcomer agree with everything the sponsor says? Um, Essentially, the process of sponsorship is this. Now I am quoting. An alcoholic who has made some progress in the recovery program shares that experience on a continuous individual basis with another alcoholic who is attempting to, to attain and or maintain sobriety through AA. Um, so I guess the last thing I'm going to do is quote our co-founder, uh, Dr. Bob, and uh, this is what he said. He said, I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learned to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. One, sense of duty. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in doing so, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. So that's it. I'm done. All right.
Thank you, Jack. So we uh, have got time for questions. If you've got a question for Jack, go ahead and raise your hand and I'll get you the microphone. Or if you're on Zoom, feel free to speak up at any time as well. Hi, Jack. Um, I told you I was going to get you. <laughs> Uh, we don't charge anything to sponsor, right? Kevin? <laughs> no. No. No, we don't. No. We don't. I'm just, I'm just saying that because we have a new person here. And, and uh, yeah. we don't charge anything. What, what you said earlier uh, about becoming friends, I, I find that to be true over the years. And working with others... Uh, some people you would never expect to end up becoming friends with, you become <laughs> friends with. And I think that's a great experience. Uh, the other thing is, when do you, as a sponsor, introduce the steps to a new person? How long? Yeah, I'm thinking. I, uh, it's a great question, Jim. I, you know, I honestly don't know that I've ever given that thought. Um, in every, so the honest answer is I don't know. You know, and I think that, that it depends on the person and the circumstances. I mean, pretty quickly, I, uh, I, it took me, it took me a long time to get through the steps. Um, and uh, I, I got comfortable with that I mean, th this is one of those issues that not everybody agrees on. Some people say, you know, get them through it right away, you know, all that sort of thing, and, 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 and I don't mean to, to challenge or dispute any of that. Uh, for me personally, it took, it took a while, and I think that that was the right thing for me because <clears throat> I was terribly confused, and, and my, my mind was going a million miles an hour, and for me to do try and do the first step within a month of my first meeting, I don't think would have been a very useful undertaking. Uh, I don't remember what, how much time it took me, but I think that um, I, I, I suggest that the, the, the newcomer read the big book, and then maybe it's a couple of weeks before I say, here's the pages. You know, I actually have a sheet with some um, words I ask them to look up and write the definitions for, in, uh, and a uh, um, uh, certain pages within the big book and the 12 and 12 that they should read on step one, for example. Um, but I, I don't really know what my time frame would be. I think it's sort of different. You feel it out. You, you, you meet with a guy a couple times to, to get a better sense for that. But maybe it's a couple weeks. I don't know. You got me thinking that. That's good. Hi, Jack. Jen, alcoholic. Hi. Thank you for speaking tonight. Um, my question for you is um, uh, service work and and how you incorporate that in sponsoring people and um, and uh, the amount and and the benefit that you see in sponsoring people and incorporating service work. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Uh, so I I encourage um, 
everyone to uh, to get involved. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that. I remember being very excited at Am Sober when uh, I made coffee, um, and uh, I mean that was a very important thing for me. It was a very important milestone for me. I think there's a lot of ways that we can be of service, uh, a greeter. Um, uh, and you know, to, to be at the bottom of the steps at AM Sober, welcoming people, shaking their hands, um, you know, helping uh, straighten up the chairs before, or after, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't insist that anybody do anything, but I say, you know, I, I try to lead by example. And, and I think that everybody should have something to do at pretty much every meeting that they go to, um, official or otherwise, uh, to sort of help out, you know, clean up afterwards, whatever it might be. Um, you know, this meeting, after, after the meeting, you, you'll see an army mobilize. You know, people get up and they're emptying trash and they're, you know, and it's just, it, it really works well when, when everybody does that. And, uh, so yeah, service is I think critical, um, and and uh, yeah, it's a great question. Thanks. Good evening, Jack. John, alcoholic. John. Um, my question for you is: through your problems with alcohol before you came into the fellowship, you've had many many different experiences before. Has a sponsee ever come to you with a question or a problem? That you don't have an answer for or you've never experienced before or your sponsor has never experienced before and couldn't give you an answer what do you do in those circumstances uh, great question John I, I, I try um, I try very hard to um, offer only my experience strength and hope as opposed to giving advice or telling someone what to do Especially if it's some area that I'm not familiar with, um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of an example that fits your question, and, and I'm sort of coming it up, up for a loss, but I'm sure I'm sure it's happened. Uh, trying to find someone else that I know or think may have encountered a similar situation would be the way I would be inclined to go. I think. Um, but I, I try really hard not to not to give advice. Um, I'm sure I <laughs> I do sometimes, but that's not what I, I don't think that's what we do or what we're sort of encouraged to do as as part of sponsorship, though. Because we got to figure out. I mean, you know, the, the the pamphlet does a great job of emphasizing this. To not become too reliant on on a sponsor, that uh, that we all ultimately need to work a program because sponsors die, sponsors move away, sponsors drink, um, and so it it it, it uh, it's important to to really have a strong net network within our fellowship, and I think most of us do that that go to a lot of meetings. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to watch like here at this meeting or the Monday night meeting, you know, the connections that people make with one another, you know, the, I'm not a great group text person, but, you know, we get these, 
group texts, encouraging people when they have a medical situation or whatever it is. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Um, so there's a lot of people, you know, it's very likely whatever your situation is, somebody else in our programs encountered it. Thanks, Jack. Tom, alcoholic. Hey, Tom. You know what came to mind is, um, and I'm not sure you spoke to it exactly, is laying down ground rules about I'm not a marital counselor, I'm not a financial consultant. Um, you know, a lot of times when I've worked with people, I've had to keep setting that boundary on particularly um, family or marital issues. You know, um, they all get intertwined, and so I just wondered how you handled that. Well, um, I, uh, I gave my number to a guy at a meeting and encouraged him to call me. And uh, I, what I tell people about the phone is, um, you know, if, you, if it's an emergency, call me anytime. But I, I go to bed early. And uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, don't call me after nine, uh, unless, you know, you've got a problem. You know, you're going to drink. Call me certainly before you take a drink. Well, this guy called me at like 2 a.m. and he was drunk and he was bitching and moaning about his roommate. Uh, and I don't remember what the details were, but I, I, whoa, I said, wait, I said, stop. I said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk to you. You're drunk. He said, well, you gave me your number. And I said, look, I'm not going to talk to you when you're drunk. Call me when you're sober and I'll be happy to talk to you. But I'm not going to referee a fight between you and your roommate while you're drunk at 2 in the morning. Good night. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I doubt that I was that succinct or kind. But, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the sad part is, Tom, that guy, and you know, you know the family, you know, I, I, later on that year, I, you know, I went to his funeral. Um, you know, there's some of us that don't ever get it. Uh, you know, like you, I'm a, prof I'm a, I'm a professional, and I, 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 uh, I don't like to give advice, and it's not because I feel like I should be paid for it, you know, to go back to Jim's question, but that's not what I'm doing. You know, I'm not a marriage counselor. You know, I'm not a criminal defense lawyer. I'm not a bankruptcy lawyer. You know, I'm not those things. But I, but, I, but I will certainly help you find the right professional to get you the right advice to, to, to deal with that. You know, the, the working with others chapter in the big book and this pamphlet deal with that. I mean, the, um, I think we, we can't help but sort of get sucked into some of the personal family stuff. Um, but, but yeah, we got to be careful. Boundaries are really important there, for sure. Hi, Jack. Say Eric, alcoholic. Hey, Eric. Uh, first of all, I got to say uh, the joke with you and TJ. That's kind of a funny joke, but you're one of the biggest guys I know. Right. You're a giant to me, so just want to let you know that. Uh, we talked and discussed once, and you said there's basically three things that can happen. You can stay sober, you can die a terrible death medically, or you kill yourself. 
and uh, it's got to be tough. I dealt with somebody here. Uh, what do you do when somebody takes their life and you're their sponsor? Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, let's. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible, um, Eric. And uh, um, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, I. Uh, Mary sitting in the front row. I was fairly new uh, within a year or so of coming into the program and, and I went to a memorial service um, down on the peninsula and uh, and uh, I don't know that the woman died at her own hand but but she died prematurely and drugs or alcohol or both were involved and uh, um, I heard incredible testimonials about this person. Um, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. You know, um, ours is a is a progressive, fatal disease. There's no doubt about it. And anybody who's around for any length of time can tell you too many stories about people dying of the disease. They used to tell me, and I'd hear a lot that that my disease wants to kill me. And there's lots of ways that can happen, which makes me want to work all the harder to to stay sober. And uh, your question reminds me, by the way, that you know the relationship becomes sometimes it's hard to know who's sponsoring who, you know. And and uh, um, I've learned a lot from guys like you. And. Uh, so thank you for sharing your recovery with me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Bridget. Jack, thank you so much for your presentation today. And early on you said uh, when you came into the rooms that you were kind of full of yourself, ego. Uh, I'd like to know when you turned the corner and when you were able to laugh and make jokes. And I do believe that you have an alter ego that comes out around Christmas time. And I'm just wondering, how did that all evolve with such a serious-minded man? It's all part of the same. Uh, it's all part of the same program. I, uh, I, I still take myself way too seriously. You're kind, um, and it will forever be a, a struggle for me. You know, um, it, it will. I mean, I know that. Uh, and that's part of the method to Kevin's madness of making me become an elf at Christmas time. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to take somebody with red and white striped tights seriously. You know? So that's what that's all about. I'm pretty sure we've never talked about it, but that's my hunch. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jack. All right.